Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, the Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And we are here today to discuss the Matt Rule interview. The first time we've heard from Matt since his final press conference. Uh, well, there's also a bit of Panthers news to talk about, but um, Matt Rule is still the head yeah. coach, Jerry. Yeah, he uh, he escaped the firing squad for the time being. I mean, his coaches are still getting fired. Houston fired yeah. their head coach uh, a little bit the ago. About fired theirs about yesterday. It. Yeah, so and we're recording this on Thursday, so it, it still can happen. It happens mm-hmm. a week or two after the season, too. So that being said, it looks like he's in the clear, though. Seems like it. That's the way he's been talking, and um, everything he said about what he's heard from David Tepper, and you know, he went into it on the interview, is that they're he's, he says he's talked to David Tepper, you know, a couple times a day really since the season's ended, and um, yeah. they've talked nothing about the potential of him being fired. They've only talked about the future and building their, you know, continuing their plan to build and. Um, you know, I mean, it sounds like he's going to be here unless something, unless David Tepper just has a, a big change of heart. Yeah. Matt Rule's going to be the coach this year. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, not doing interviews, David Tepper has been in a foxhole hiding in a bunker or so because yeah, that's no odd. word from him. And he's yeah. not shy. No, he's not. It's, it's really it, it's a really weird feeling as a Panther mm-hmm. fan right now because, like, the fans are up in arms that Matt mm-hmm. Rule is still here. Matt Rule has done interviews. This isn't the only time he's spoken yet. He did a media interview the other day. But David yeah, Tepper, press, who... normal press conference. David Tepper is so silent, and usually he's a very big talker. He's the type of guy mm-hmm. that likes to be seen, I feel like. And right now he's just hiding out. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, um, and I can only think of one reason why is because he knows how the fans feel. You yeah, know, and he 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 understands that everything that he has done so far since taking over ownership of this franchise in what 2018, I think, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We had gone to the playoffs that year, and since then it's been nothing but downhill ever since downhill um, and he you know made a very strong point when he took over that he wanted the mediocrity to end and uh it has if anything if anything it's just gotten worse like it's yeah, not I'm even mediocre media- anymore no it's just bad yeah, yeah. since he so, took over so you know maybe we won't hear from him until we have a winning season then he'll come in and be like i told you so blah 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 <laughs> okay well it took a while but or until um, so, yeah. he fires Matt Rule next season or something like that, they don't come out and will I gave him a chance or you know. Yeah. He's gonna yeah. try to always spin it that he's the golden boy, the winner, you know. But mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, Matt Rule didn't get fired, but a, f- a few other coaches did. Um Pat Meyer, offensive line coach, uh special teams coach Chase Blackburn, yay. And uh defensive line coach Frank Ocam Ocom. Yeah, how to, how to say that last name, but those those three got fired. Um, and honestly, I'm okay with all of them. All O-line and special teams coach, I thought had mm-hmm. to go. I thought both, if Matt Rule stayed, those those two definitely had to go. The O-line yeah. has been horrible, horrible the past two yep. years. And Chase Blackburn, since he took over the special teams coordinator, 
We've had a miserable, miserable mm -hmm. special teams. I mean, mm -hmm. he got lucky by getting Zane Gonzalez this year. I mean, he yeah. lucked into that after yeah, trading for kickers, traveling through kickers, you know, not bringing anybody to compete with Joey Sly. Another issue with, you know, Matt mm -hmm. Rule is he didn't bring someone in to compete. But, you know, he lucked into Zane Gonzalez, who mm -hmm. all intents and pur purposes is a kicker of the future here. I, I think so, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, defensive line coach, you, you know, when, when the news first broke, uh, you and I were talking, and and we were a little confused at first, but then kind of started looking into it and thinking about it, and you know, the run defense was just so bad, and a lot of that starts on the defensive line. And sacks, really, I mean, we had two guys that were great at sacks, but that's kind of it. And, and the they Panthers kind of tapered off kind of, at the out. Yeah. Tapered off. Panthers right in, the, the... right in the middle of the league in sacks. So, but yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they tapered off at the end mm -hmm. of the season or in the middle of the season. Once a couple teams maybe figured out their key plays or key moves, it was yeah. it was over. I mean, right. we weren't getting the sacks that we were at the beginning of the season. And it again, it's the team didn't evolve. It didn't, yeah. you know, counteract what the teams were doing to them. So Yeah. So so Matt Rule spoke today and um Shout out to the guys at WFNZ and what Mac Attack and mm -hmm. the other guy. I don't I don't know what his name is, but um, it's the Mac Attack show. Mac so. Attack show. Mac Attack show. And, and if um, you're on YouTube, I'll I'll do a link in the description. So. Yeah, yeah, it's worth listening to. It was about 25 minutes or so, and and they asked him some Hard some questions. of the questions. Yeah, some of the questions that I hope hoped that they would, and uh, they kind of started out just. Well, not started out, but one of the questions that I liked that they asked him was basically they asked him about the fan backlash, and they asked him, mm -hmm. you know, if he's kind of felt it, and or they they assumed that he had felt it, which of course he had, and um, he basically said that he understands, you know, that, that that he wants a winner, that nobody's more upset about the way the season went than he is, which you know, I I can believe that. Um, and then he mentioned, you know, how his, uh, they asked him specifically about the Hornets game. And he said, yeah, you know, I told my son that I don't think we're going to be <laughs> going to any Hornets games this season, which, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, I wouldn't want to go if I was him either and just be booed the whole time. I can understand that. So, um, yeah, they did ask him about that. And, it, and he's, he certainly understands. He hears us loud and clear. Yeah. And, but the, you and I were talking off the air. You were, yeah, mm -hmm. I understand that. You know, you don't want to put your family in that. But he has the resources to go to that gate to take his son to a suite that's just him. I mean, it's the age of the mask anyways. Put on a hat, put on some glasses, walk in there with a mask, and it ha be escorted to your suite because you're. he has the money. Tepper overpaid him. I mean, yeah, yeah you're going to if people recognize you out in public, but again, if you're on the suite, it do, they do it for celebrities all the time. I could imagine they would be willing to do it for him if he got a suite or something, but I guess, I mean, I wouldn't want to go if I was him. Oh yeah. But I mean, I, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to put myself right in that position, you know, certainly wouldn't want to. Um, but yeah, he, uh, you know, I, I, my opinion is we bashed Matt rule so much on this show. And, and honestly, out there in Twitter and Reddit, you know, everybody knows how everybody feels. So I'm not going to sit here and nitpick, um, you know, that Matt Rule says he doesn't want to go to Hornets games. Obviously, he could go if he really wanted to, but 
um, you know, just kind of reporting what he said there. Um, you know, what else on the an interview that you heard did you really want to talk about? Uh, the whole I I love this question by the Mac attack. They asked mm-hmm. him about the quarterback situation. How mm-hmm. last year it was Teddy Bridgewater, this year it was Sam Darnold, but they passed on Justin Fields. You know, it seems like they're just throwing stuff at the wall, hoping something sticks. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't like his answer. It was, well, we are hoping for Teddy Bridgewater to be a solid quarterback, and then, you know, we could maybe draft somebody if that Patrick Mahomes or something. Well, you had that chance. Yeah, we wanted Teddy Bridgewater here, but he was not horrible in the sense that Sam Darnold has been. You could have kept him. He was under contract. And then drafted Justin Fields. But then he went into the fact that, oh, we thought Sam Darnold would have been one of the best quarterbacks in this draft. Mm -hmm. It sounded like pure BS from him, in my opinion. It sounded like he was just off the scales of trying to cover his own butt instead of... So so here's the deal. Here's the deal. Mm -hmm. You and... 90% 90% of Panthers fans that have a voice, you know, on social media, Reddit, whatever, you guys are going into listening to this interview with your minds made up. Anything he says is just going to be bullshit. You know, I, you know I'm going to I'm gonna hear it, and like. he's just a bullshit salesman. You know, I tried to go into it with a bit of an open mind and, and kind of try to, to listen to what he was saying and not automatically think, ah, it's just bullshit. Um, I can understand the thought process from you and the rest of Panthers Nation, honestly. I'm, I feel like I'm kind of an outlier here where I'm not so, uh, you know, outraged that Matt Rule is still the head coach. I mean, obviously, if I had a choice, I'd rather have Brian Flores or Jim Harbaugh, you know, one of these top coaching candidates that are out there. Um, but, you know, I'm not like doom and gloom like a, a lot of folks are. Um so when I heard that, I, with an open mind, thought, well, I guarantee that he wasn't the only coach in the league that thought that. You know, that thought, I mean, we heard analysts, we heard other coaches talk about how Sam Darnold, you know, put him in the right situation. You know, he's still got a ton of talent. He's got a ton of arm talent, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, that was wrong. Sam Darnold is not a good quarterback. Uh, Matt Rule and, and everyone else who thought that, they were wrong, right? But the prevailing thought was outside of Trevor Lawrence, there were a ton of question marks about all of these guys in the draft. You know, you and I talked about it in our draft profiles. Um, you know, Justin Fields had questions. Zach Wilson had questions. Yeah. Trey Lance had a ton of questions. Mac Jones had a ton of questions. So it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that that was their thought process, and he's telling the truth. Oh, I'm not saying it's not, but they also he also threw Teddy Bridgewater under the bus halfway through the season, mm-hmm. and he kept doing it. And at yeah. that point, you have to move on from Teddy Bridgewater. He kind of put his chips in on him, so then we have to get rid of him. We traded Teddy Bridgewater for a six-round pick, and then you go – at that point, you're <clears throat> sitting with no quarterback. You're, you're sitting mm-hmm. with P.J. – P.J., I can't even think of his last walker, walker back there yeah. as your only quarterback. So you're going to have to make a move. I mean, instead of being, if he didn't throw him under the bus, if he just did coach speak and think internally of, hey, guys, I don't think 
Teddy's going to do it for us, you know? Mm-hmm. And then start doing this other feeling around. It felt like it was very... He had to. It felt like he already threw him under the bus that if he kept him as a quarterback next or this year, it would have been just him keeping him. It, it I felt like he forced his own hand. Yeah, he, he made it very clear that Teddy Bridgewater... Uh, was not getting it done and and that they were not happy with Teddy Bridgewater's performance. Now, Teddy Bridgewater is already being paid. So mm-hmm. had they brought him back and had they went ahead and drafted a quarterback of the future, um, I think, I, I mean, I certainly wouldn't have been like, what? Well, you said Teddy Bridgewater was bad. What are you doing bringing him back? I mean, I would have been like, okay, yeah. they brought him back for this last year. Obviously, you could void his contract after this year with minimal dead cap or no dead cap, really. Um, and you brought in the quarterback of the future. So I don't necessarily think that he that they had to cut him because of what Matt Rule said. Obviously, it was a huge mistake to get rid of Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, that's clear. Uh, it was a huge mistake going after Sam Darnold. That's clear. Um, they – it's so – it's so frustrating because they they sort of have been just throwing things at the wall to see if it yeah. sticks, you know. And these quarterbacks that they're going after, I guess you could squint your eyes and think about Sam Darnold as a rookie, and say, well, he you know he just if he really gets the right coaching staff and he gets the right situation, then then he maybe it unlocks his potential. You could squint your eyes and see that, and that's obviously what they did. But it never felt like he was the guy, like Sam Darnold was the franchise moving forward. It never felt like that to, to us, for sure. No. Well, I've always had my dislike of yeah, Sam Darnold. Yeah, so. of course. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I feel like with everything here, I'm kind of trying to be the glass half full guy, trying to think of, of that. And maybe that's a good dynamic between the two of us. Um, but... You know, the first three games of the season, I think we were both kind of like, okay, maybe I, I this thought is I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing he brought up in the interview is the offensive line that they're going to need to spend more money. He was talking about now we have some mm-hmm. free agent. We had more cap space last year than we did this year. And because well, he was keep, talking, yeah. To, yeah. And he's talking about, oh, we have to really, you know, focus in on the offensive line. This is what you said last year. Matt Rule, you said that that was going to be a priority. And you signed two offensive linemen for first day of free agency. You drafted three offensive linemen if you consider a snapper. I mean, you did that. You did that. So where is your judgment? And then he talks about Roshan Slater was considered a guard because of his short arms. I mean, it's, it's again... Does he not know the ability of being able to pick out these players? I mean, because he's talking about spending money and doing it again. Mm-hmm. Well, so far, your judgment on offensive line has been awful. Awful. And you've had money. You had money last offseason. You had draft capital last offseason. Yeah. So, so devil's advocate, he certainly was not the only one saying that about Rashawn Slater. No, you know, I There were a I lot that- of things that we read. There were a lot of uh, you know draft profiles, a lot of stuff. People were concerned about the size of Rashawn Slater. Um, didn't know if he would translate into a left tackle. 
uh, there were other people that that thought he was, and you know, obviously he was a top fifteen pick in the draft. Like you obviously are really good if you're a top fifteen pick in the draft, regardless of their question marks. Um, but yeah, obviously he was wrong about that. Um, now he did draft Brady Christensen and Deontay Brown, both of whom played well at, at times. Um, he did mention in the interview that he thought Brady Christensen was, or that he thought he made a mistake with Brady Christensen in terms of playing him at multiple positions, pulling him maybe too early uh, from that left tackle when he struggled a little bit. Uh, I think he, he basically said that if he could go back, he would do that differently and he would continue, you know, just let Brady kind of learn and, and continue to play. At the time, I think, you know, when he was, when he pulled Brady from left tackle, I think there was, you know, we were still in the playoff hunt. So he was yeah. thinking that, you know, get, get the guys in there that have played the position and are, you know, more natural at left tackle or, you know, whatever, not, not more natural, but are uh, more experienced, I guess, at left tackle, Cam Irving. Um, but yeah, he did. He completely admitted to that mistake. He did say that he was excited about Brady and he thought Brady could be a left tackle in the league and, and, you know, had shown that he could play left tackle in the league, which I, I liked that I heard that from him. Um, he talked about Deontay Brown and thought that he could be, is Deontay Brown, right? I'm not saying that. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying, I believe you're saying it right. If not, I mean, We'll be well, you're, you're giving me kind of you're giving me looks, so I just want to. Oh, make sure the, that I'm not the only saying... reason why I say that is he's talking that, but he only played 30 snaps this season. Well, and snaps. he and he addressed he addressed that he addressed him he addressed Harris Marshall, um, he addressed uh, Tommy Trimble a little bit in terms of their their amount of playing time and their amount of reps and things like that, and basically his philosophy was not to play them a ton, essentially was to get their feet wet, get them to learn under some of the other guys, get them, you know, uh, some reps, but not too many. And then next year is the year that they're going to come in and really contribute. So maybe he has a flaw in the way that he deals with rookies. I mean, it certainly wouldn't be the first Panthers coach that we've seen that from. Um, But this is apparently what we're going to maybe should expect from second round on rookies. Uh, is that they're not going to play a ton. Uh, you know, that could be. It, and they asked be. him I, about, I, yeah, I mean, they sorry, they asked him about passing on Slater and, and passing on Fields and Jones. Um, and he talked about J.C. Horn, and he talked about how excited yeah. he was about J.C. Horn and how, you know, well J.C. Horn played. Um, even in the game he got hurt, he was playing amazing. Uh, and, you know, J.C. Horn was playing really well. And I think if J.C. Horn kept playing, he probably had a good shot at defensive rookie of the year. I mean, he was playing that well. Uh, so, again, you know, J.C. Horn could turn out to be an all-pro corner. But if Rashawn Slater turns out to be an all-pro left tackle and if Justin Fields turns out to be an all-pro quarterback, then you probably made the wrong decision. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with yeah. the moves you were able to make during the season. And with right. a, another cornerback you drafted late in the, you proved that you could draft somebody late who can contribute yeah. nicely. Yeah. I mean, he you was talking that. about getting the getting the feet wet of the offensive guys. He's throwing out those defensive players, rookies, a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't just him. It's 
you know, it's over and over again. It's It seems like he yeah. has faith that a defensive rookie can just walk in there and do it. It feels like something different with the offense that he's he's very gun-shy about it. Well, so he, I mean, he played Horn a lot, you know, number one pick. and But mm-hmm. really, the other defensive rookies that he played were kind of because everybody kept getting hurt. Uh, Keith Taylor was out there a lot during week four and stuff. I don't know like, what Keith Taylor's snap stuff. counts were, though, like in terms of, I don't think he played a ton. Uh, you know, I believe he played a he, good he bit. played well when he was out there, but I think a lot of it was like, he had to be out there because there was nobody else. Um, but anyway, one of the things that I wish they would have asked him, and correct me if I dozed <laughs> off when he, they talked about this, but I, I was hoping that they would have asked him about second half adjustments. Did they oh, yeah, they him? didn't talk. No. Yeah. That's really probably would be my number one question is what happens? What happens after the first quarter where you're so good, you're so prepared, you're so... You know, you're scoring points. You're stopping the other team from scoring points. You're the, you know, one of the top two or three bet, uh, first quarter teams in the league, and then it all falls apart. What? Why? You know, what are you going to do next year to change? To that? change. Yeah. yeah, I really wish that that they would have addressed that. That's probably my only criticism. Um, I would have rather asked about that than the fan backlash. You know, <laughs> that you know, obviously here's the fan backlash. I don't think that was any you know interesting or new new information but i really want to know about that uh what else from the the interview did you find interesting or or did you Uh, bring up here i know we're going to talk about the offensive coordinator search Mm -hmm. in a little bit but one thing that i really found interesting with what he said they asked him what he was searching for an offensive coordinator he said someone who had experience as an offensive coordinator calling plays before, mm-hmm. someone who's willing or able to <clears throat> adapt to the players that they had. That a lot of interviews go through and it's, you know, here's my offensive plays, here's my defensive plays. So it's mm-hmm. not seeming like they're, you know, they're going to beat that type of system in no matter what instead of seeing what they have and are able to adjust. Yeah. So I thought that was very good. I like that type mm-hmm. of, you know, Thought, thought process, process. Yeah. yeah definitely uh it's the thought process he should have had day one yeah when he came in and, and i don't know i don't think that he and joe brady were a package deal like that the only way he was going to get this job was with he if he brought in joe brady i, I, I don't think that i think he could have brought in a an, a uh, an nfl oc or a, a former head coach or something like that as oc i think he'd have gotten the job either way um, yeah. I know there are a lot of people, uh, fans that I've seen that ha- have now completely turned the corner and now they think that Joe Brady was not the problem. Joe Brady's a rock star. Joe Brady's going to be really no, successful that, uh, play and maybe he was will bad. at some point. Joe Brady was a problem. Don't get it twisted. Joe Brady was the one calling the plays. Joe Brady was, uh, the one creating the offensive game plans, you know, that was not Matt Rule, certainly not Matt Rule alone doing all that stuff. So I do think that bringing in somebody that can adapt to the players on the team, I wonder if that's if Joe Brady just couldn't. If Joe Brady, you know, had his plays he likes to run and never really was able to come up with anything else. Yeah. And when Jeff Dixon took over, I, I feel like the same thing kind of happened. It was it mm-hmm. was not. Yeah, it was the same it, offense. It, you know, and he was talked about running the ball, but 
even when the game was close, they did not run the ball. So I don't understand that. I mean, again, that's what he's saying. I, you, That's what he's saying. I'm hoping that's true, that, you know, the next coordinator can adjust to the players and everything else. And he said he kind of learned a lot when he was doing the GM search last year, which is another thing I wanted to talk about, how I always said that it felt like Matt Rule was the king of, you know, Panthers Nation right now. You know, he got to decide everything. And with him saying that he basically did the GM search, it feels like he did. He does. Well, I I don't know if he meant that he alone was. Well, I'm the one sure doing he wasn't alone. I, I'm sure yes, he was part I, of the process. Um, and and honestly, like you know, David Tepper paid him a lot of money. David Tepper is expecting Matt Rule to be the face of the franchise and be the guy that's you know running the ship um you know usually it's the gm is brought in and then a head coach is brought in it was a very odd you know david tepper coming in retaining marty herney you know marty herney helping with the head coach search Mm -hmm. marty herney kind of being a lame duck gm like we all knew marty herney wasn't going to stick around for more than a year or two you know, then you get rid of Marty Herney, and and then you're bringing in another GM. It's kind of all done backwards, almost, right? Yeah, I feel uh, like uh, David Tepper should have fired Marty Herney when he fired Ron Rivera. Should have yeah. got a GM, and then they do the search from there. And honestly, I mean, we talked about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we had the podcast back then, but we talked about that. we did. Okay, yeah, we <laughs> talked about that at the time that we thought, you know, I mean, everybody, all the fans, everybody wanted Marty Herney gone. For good reason, you know. Um, Marty Herney was a one-trick pony. Excellent at drafting first-round picks. That's pretty much we, it. <laughs> we said we should, he should have gotten some, you know, they should have moved him yeah. into some, you know, senior type of role where he just, you know, he's no longer the GM, but he helps out the GM. He yeah. basically makes a first pick because he nails it every time. Right, right. Uh, so, you know, so yeah, that was done really oddly and, and, Honestly, probably pretty poorly um, constructed that way. But, you know, I, I mean, I like Fitter. I think they probably made a pretty good pick with him. We'll see as time moves on. You know, everybody is down on everybody in the organization right now. You know, the fans oh, are yeah. down on Tepper and Fitterer and Rule. And, you know, Phil Snow seems to be the only one escaping criticism right now. So, uh, and Phil Snow will come up a little later um, in, in our podcast. But, uh, so I don't know. I mean, overall, I thought that the the interview was well done. Uh, I do oh. wish they would have asked the question about you know the the second halves, but I, I thought Matt Rule, kudos to him for for even doing the interview. He didn't have to. Yeah. Uh, he answered no, all the questions. I thought he put some thought into the questions or into his answers. Um, I didn't feel like he was BSing or lying about anything. There's coach speak. Every coach has coach speak. Um, but yeah, I don't know that I come out of the interview thinking radically different than I thought before the interview. I'll, I'll agree with that, that I don't feel much different. But I, again, I kind of feel like he's a snake oil says, salesman. That he talks a great game when you're face-to-face, when he has mm-hmm. time to think on you know if he already has stuff planned out and stuff like that he knew the type of questions that were going to come he had time to prep the problem is the same like the after game interviews 
is he can't think on his toes a lot. You know, same with in-game situations. After the games, he, he just fumbles around. Same with the yeah. questions. I think he, I hope, I hope he does exactly what he says. That, you know, he does go get out offensive line this year like he said he was going to do last year. I hope he does. I hope he does get an adaptive offensive coordinator because I think that's what's needed. I think another coach who has either head coaching experience or has been in the NFL a long time can really help this coaching staff out. I mean, when he well, when he's been, oh, I was no, gonna go say when he was kept in as a head coach, my thought is he needs to get a a clock coach, somebody mm-hmm. to help him with time management during the game. You know, he needs some. He needs another head coach that he can rely on. I know he used to talk to Jimmy Johnson a lot. He needs somebody to really kind of help him feel out how the NFL is run today, because I don't think he gets it. Yeah, a yeah, good mentor. That's recent. Jimmy Johnson supposedly his mentor, but I don't know if he's Listen, really men- mentoring him while he's out on his boat or something. I. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, I almost hate hearing him talk about, well, we want to run the ball 30, 40 times a game. Well, yeah, if you run the ball 30, 40 times a game, you're probably going to win, but that's not really the NFL anymore. No. You know, you the NFL now is quarterback driven. It's not running back driven oh. anymore. So, it's nice to say that, and yeah, obviously if you run the ball 35 times, statistics say you're going to win because, well, you're, you're able, you have the ability to run the ball 35 times. The score dictates that you can do that. But that's not really how it works in, in today's NFL, right? No. It's just like him saying that they have the number two defense. Well, yeah, you have the number two defense, the way that defense is sort of measured in terms of yards per game but if you look at all the other defensive statistics you're nowhere near number two you're like 20 20th in points right. per game that's that's the only one that really matters in my opinion i mean that's the one that determines whether you win or lose right? exactly now the you know the points per game is not all on the defense because we know the offensive deficiencies that led to that but that it is what it is you know you're five and twelve that's really the only statistic you should worry about you're five and twelve yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, ten and twenty-three in your two years here—that's that's what it's boiling down to. Exactly. Um, all right, so let's look at uh, you know we were talking a little bit about the offensive coordinator search. We have a few names. Mm-hmm. I have a few names now. The first names that kind of came out were uh, Bill O'Brien, you know, former uh, head coach in the league, former offensive coordinator in the league for the Patriots, and current. Alabama offensive coordinator and Jay Gruden, former head coach of the Washington football team and our uh, offensive coordinator with Bengals, Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals when Carson Palmer lit it up. Right. Right. So, you know, either of those would be, would fit the criteria, right? Oh, I would coaches, Mm -hmm. offense coordinators have played uh, called plays in the league before they, I think they'd be really good options. I would love for Bill O'Brien or Jay Gruden to be the offensive coordinator. It matches exactly what I feel like this team, this coaching staff needs is a mm-hmm. veteran NFL coach who who knows the ropes, you know. But not that, so old that they're out of that sync. They don't know how the league works these days. Correct. Right. It wasn't yeah. twenty years ago, you know. 
Jay Gruden's been out for a couple of years now, but it still hasn't been that long. Right. So, and um, Bill O'Brien's down in Alabama. As much mm-hmm. as I hate Nick Saban, I mean, mm-hmm. there's a good place to land and good coaching sure. to be done there. Yeah, I thought Bill O'Brien was a decent head coach, uh, an awful GM, but a decent head coach. So, yeah. I, I, you know, what either one of those works for me. Um, probably the other one that I'm most excited about is uh, Houston quarterbacks coach Pep Hamilton, who they're rumored to have requested an interview for. I guess they have requested an interview. It's not a rumor. They yeah. have requested an interview for him. Um, he was the OC for Indianapolis uh, during the Andrew Luck, uh, first few Andrew Luck years. Um you know, Pep Hamilton has coached Andrew Luck. He's coached Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's coached uh, Davis Mills this year, who I, he played well he for picked, a late round pick. He played pretty well, yeah. And then there was another quarterback that he he coached well. I don't. Uh, uh, he was also a right. head coach in the XFL. I mean, I hate saying that mm-hmm. as like it's a big deal, but it is. You know, he has a little head coaching experience. Yeah. He's a Charlotte native. Yeah. Um, it looks like he just gets stuck under bad head coaches. Mm-hmm. That you know, yeah, I told he, you, I told you earlier. I was like, it's kind of weird that he only holds a job every now and then, or you know, he he jumps from job to job, and then you were like, well, all those coaches get fired. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. Uh, Jim Caldwell, you know, like yeah. uh, the Chargers coach last year. It's just, mm-hmm. I mean, unfortunately, he's doing a good job from what it seems like on the quarterback side. It's just. The rest of the team is not doing so well, and he gets canned with it. Um, yeah. I did hear a rumor that mm-hmm. with Houston firing their head coach, there was mm-hmm. talks before he was he was canned that some within the organization like Pep Hamilton to go ahead and succeed him because they were already thinking that uh, Cooley, I can't think of the head coach's name, wasn't mm-hmm. a good coach, but they really liked Pep Hamilton and wanted to keep him around. So you may have that's some interviews with him or not let him go. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, and I had heard that they wanted to that there was a lot of, you know, the newspaper in Houston and everyone was, you know, basically begging them to make him the offensive coordinator. And that this was before their head coach was fired um, so they could retain him and not lose him. So he is highly sought after and, and widely thought of as a head coaching candidate in the near future. Uh, so maybe yeah. the near future is even nearer than a lot of people thought. Uh, a couple other names we've heard here is uh, former Vikings offensive coordinator Clint Kubiak. Uh, Kubes. Yeah, a relationship to Gary Kubiak. Mm-hmm. I mean, Vikings have a lot of similar weapons as Carolina does. Um, mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, you know, <clears throat> Adam Thielen, and just Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Better than Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. I mean, as sure, a ten, unless I'm not, I don't want to have anybody yeah, yell I mean, at me. Those guys for that. are are top ten receivers in the league, both of them. So yeah, but I think you know you have some pieces that are very similar that you could work with. The problem is, Vikings fans were very upset that their offense actually took a step back mm-hmm. when he took over. So. Yeah. Still pretty high-powered offense, so I mean, you know, twelfth of the league, I believe. Yeah, would probably be an upgrade for us, but yeah, Uh, I don't. That one doesn't get me excited, like the other three that we've talked about. No, Um, Mike Grow, 
uh, Indianapolis Colts receiving coach is the other name I guess we've heard, and that one also doesn't really get me excited. No, I mean, me either. Uh, he's been with Philadelphia before. It, mm-hmm. I, he was an offensive coordinator with Philadelphia for a couple years, so he has some experience there. He was also Virginia offensive coordinator back in 2006. Again, hmm. From the Doug Peterson, Frank Reich type of tree, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm really excited, but we're not. Get, we may not get this type of star that is rumored. Uh, I know the reports are out. I know Albert Breer reported it, and Jay Glazer reported that it needs to be a rock star offensive coordinator. I mean, if you're a rock star offensive coordinator, are you coming to Carolina with a lame duck coach? That's on I mean, a fiery seat. Yeah, it depends. Like, if you're Jay Gruden, you don't have a job right now. If you're Bill O'Brien, are you desperate to get back into the NFL? If you are... I personally, then... if I, I was Bill O'Brien, I would stay mm-hmm. put at Alabama. Or I would, if he gets offered one of these head coaching jobs he's interviewing for now at mm-hmm. in the NFL. True, and that's another thing to say about Bill O'Brien. He's interviewing with the Jags and maybe a couple other teams as well. So we know one team you won't be interviewing for is Houston. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I've, I haven't heard Jay Gruden's name anywhere for interviewing. That no, one he... seems to make a lot of sense to me. I mean, Jay Gruden, Pep Hamilton, Bill O'Brien, obviously those are those would be at the top of my pyramid of guys that I would want. But um, I, I mean, we're just going to have to see. I think it's going to be of a long process i think it might be a couple of weeks um two three weeks before we hear anything concrete about who they're targeting or or you know who they're hiring essentially but um it's certainly something to keep our eye on and and jerry and i will definitely be here when it happens yep oh, yeah i agree i i just have a feeling the offensive coordinator name is going to be very underwhelming which it may be fine to be underwhelming head co- or offensive coordinator, and then he plays mm. does really well. I mean, that's how it happens sometimes. I have a feeling that it's going to be somebody we're going to be excited about. I mean, we were excited about Joe Brady. Yeah, you know that that wasn't you know I, like you said, Matt Rule talks a good game. Matt Rule gets these guys in here and talks to them. David Tepper comes in and reinforces his faith in Matt Rule and the process, you know, I I would imagine the guy that they want's not leaving without a job. Uh, you know, I think Matt, you know, Tepper's got the money to pay and, and you know, Matt Rule, even if he's a snake oil salesman, he's going to sell. And yeah, I would imagine that they're going to get who they want unless that candidate gets a head coaching job. Oh, yeah, I... Yeah. Like I said, I think Pep Hamilton and Bill O'Brien both have that head coaching ability to get staff. And mostly for Pep Hamilton in Houston. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. if he doesn't get the Houston job, he may be able to go to one of these other new head coaches that gets hired because mm-hmm. he's a hot name. A little more job security. Yeah. 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 Uh, it'll be interesting to see to see what happens there. But um, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll be back to talk about you know, any more concrete rumors come up or anything like that. Uh, you guys in the comments, you hear anything, have heard anything, let us know. And, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about those guys as well, but 
as of right now, that, that's kind of where things stand. We want to thank everyone for listening. If you like the show, please let your friends know. Please follow us on Twitter at MeowMakesPodcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at mailbag at MeowMakesPodcast.com. And if you leave a five-star review with a comment on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on the show. Please like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, We'll be back very soon. We're going to do a season recap. We're going to give out some rewards, uh, talk about some stats, things we liked, things we didn't like. Um, So stick around for that. And until then, everybody stay safe out there and keep pounding.